Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Corn is down. Wheat is down by large margins. The beans on some mixed numbers. You flip the page to the livestock side. Mixed to higher on these cattle contracts while the hogs will uh, finish to the lower. Not very often we see a completely steady number. Uh, on that lean hog trade. We'll talk about that August contract. Talk about the markets in general and what the interesting word of the day is. Now, be nice out there. Uh, we're talking with Arlen Suderman today. Arlen is with Stonex. And, you know, Arlen, I kind of opened up that can of worms when I said the word of the day. But really, in much, it's inflation and how that's going to affect the way we continue to see these markets trade. It really is. And uh, we, you know, last month we saw the headline inflation number come down to 3%. And Wall Street celebrating, thinking, hey, we're getting close to that 2% mandate that the Fed has. But that final percentage is going to be hard. And there's some things working against it. There are even some who might argue that 3% may be the low watermark now for a while. And we may bounce off of that and have another wave of inflation. That's not unusual to see that happen. And with what we've seen happen with uh, crude oil prices this week, uh, that's a major development with crude oil breaking above the 200-day moving average for the first time in almost 11 months. It's tried several other times and couldn't do it. It did it this time and did it with ease. That signals a significant shift in sentiment toward uh, energy fundamentals. And then we have the war heat up. And I would argue the war in Ukraine has now been elevated to an another level by Russia and that raises risk for commodity inflation as we saw this week uh, over the past 10 days really we've seen the big increase in com- in the food based commodity prices but then some big losses as well uh, but uh, the Federal Reserve did raise interest rates another 25 basis points today their next meeting is eight weeks away we'll have a lot of data points between now and then will they raise rates again in September I don't know but I, you know, my bias is that there's probably at least one more rate hike in there this year, whether it's September or November, I don't know. And then I think they're going to stay stronger for longer than what most in the markets think. That has impacts on uh, implications for the commodities as well. Uh, but for now, Wall Street thinks, oh, yeah, they're going up, but they're very close to pivoting. That's kind of Wall Street's perception. So that has allowed the grain and oilseed markets to trade their fundamentals a little bit more, and it has allowed some money to come back into the commodities. As we track managed money, speculative managed money in the commodities, it's been going the inverse direction of the Fed fund futures rate. As the Fed, Fed has been raising its benchmark, rate the funds have been pulling money out it's been a a, a strong correlation in opposite direction and that's because they've been playing the recession card which they assume means less demand for commodities but now the focus is starting to shift away from poor demand to Will there be enough supply to meet demand, particularly with some of the risks that are out there right now, the geopolitical risks, et cetera? So we do see some changing tide in the commodity sector overall. And there's a lot of talk about this, this volatility continuing to take place for the wheat market. I mean, they've got a lot of factors that are weighing in, not only what's happened in the corn market and their, their relationship, but the global geopolitical side of it all. 
It really is, and uh, I, I got a lot of a lot of phone calls reacting to a comment I made in the New York Times a week ago Monday, when Russia pulled out of the uh, Black Sea Grain Initiative and the grain markets went down that day, and I said. What the markets are telling us today is they don't care because we have enough corn and wheat today. Brazil's harvesting a record crop, and Russia still has a big surplus of wheat left over from last year's big crop on top of what they're currently harvesting from this year. So we're not running out of wheat and corn today. Then that night, Russia started attacking infrastructure in Ukraine, their export infrastructure, and they did so for several nights in a row, and suddenly the market cared. Who was it that cared? It was those fund managers who had built big, short positions in corn and wheat, and they cared because they're looking at the long-term implications of the escalating war and whether that would shut off Ukraine supplies longer term. That was a bigger problem, a bigger concern. Uh, then we had uh, those attacks kind of pull back and Russia hit the pause button. And, and meanwhile, the European Union Ag Commissioner comes out and says, we need to build a safe corridor for Ukraine to export what it needs to export over land. And now that's easier said than done, but the U e EU is committed to facilitating, and not just facilitating, but even subsidizing Ukraine exports over land into Europe where they can hit export channels. And so those things combined allowed the market to start focusing again on near-term fundamentals where the corn and wheat markets are amply supplied. There are still risks longer term. Those risks are very real. Uh, we've got reports from British intelligence talking about the risk that Russia may attack civilian ships. There reports that they're putting more mines out there around Ukrainian waters. Um, there's risks that Ukraine might retaliate against ships going, coming or going from Russian ports. That would be a game changer to this commodity market. So the way this whole thing is escalating still leaves us with a lot of risk and probably a lot of volatility ahead in the days and weeks and months ahead. But for now, for today, it was down for corn and wheat. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more when we come back. We'll talk about some of the reasons we saw the beans trading like they are today with some higher numbers while the, as Arlen just mentioned, the lower numbers seen on both the corn and the wheat complex. Really not a lot of demand story out there for them. Then we'll take a look at what's going on the livestock side as well. We know weather might be factoring in when it comes to cattle weights, but we're pretty current and some just a wait and see game when it comes to the cash. It's the Font Now Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Here's an update on what's going on at Fontenelle Hybrids. We're combining with the Channel brand and the other nine regional brands to create a new enhanced Channel Seed brand. And we're excited to announce your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer will be carrying select Channel products this fall for the 2024 growing season. That's an expanded product portfolio with the same great service. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer for details. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation this afternoon with Arlen Suderman. Arlen is with Stonex. So the bean numbers, obviously seeing some higher numbers, and maybe it's because they don't have the same type of story to tell as corn and wheat, but definitely um, seeing some, for the most part, higher trade for them. Yeah, absolutely. They really held up well against the headwinds coming from the other 
commodities. And, and that's because they do have more of a story. When USDA lost 4 million acres on June 30th, and that really changed the dynamics of the soybean market. Suddenly, we went from expectations of building surplus supplies this year, like we're doing with corn, uh, to worried about what if the weather threatens supply? What if the weather pulls yields down? And we've certainly have had some areas with adverse weather this year. And suddenly we're looking at if yield drops just one bushel from USDA's trend line yield, suddenly the balance sheet is very tight once again. And with the weather we're having, we can't rule out the possibility of a larger cut than that. So traders are simply very reluctant to be short soybeans. Um, not necessarily a, an argument for for you know for taking prices higher to ration demand at this time but certainly nobody really wants to be short soybeans until we see really what this crop's yield is going to be and right now obviously we're in the midst of some severe heat and some dryness in some areas and so that risks where we're going to be with this year's soybean crop that's why we're seeing the strength we are finally seeing china come back in and buy some new crop soybeans i'm still not overly encouraged because they have a lot of buying to do even if they're going to reach a, a low export uh, target for this coming year. Uh, so I think exports are going to be a problem this coming year, but I think crush is going to be stronger than what tr USDA currently thinks. Um, but bottom line is we need to see a good crop this year, and that's currently in doubt, and that's supporting prices. You know, we definitely have been quieter when it comes to the export opportunities this, this last couple of weeks, but I saw an unknown destination when it came to soybeans. Any idea who is it coming from China at this point? That's going to pretty much be assumed to be China for, um, on unknown for soybeans. It can occasionally be other countries, but for particularly the larger purchases, it's usually China. Uh, so that's the expectation. We sent 30 million metric tons to China last year, uh, and so far we have on the books just uh, a very very small fraction of what we normally have on the books at this time of the year they're just not buying and when we look at how they're hoarding brazilian beans uh, by the time we get to our harvest it's expected that china will have about 12 million metric tons of excess supplies on hand that if they don't want to buy our beans they don't have to so to speak well they'll be buying some but n not as many as what they normally would and uh, so that's a that's a real concern going forward um, and uh, so I think it's something we need to really pay attention to and uh, right now demand in China is kind of flattening out with uh, the hog industry seeing very poor margins with per capita pork consu consumption struggling and with the population in decline uh, so until China comes up with another use for soybeans it's just are they going to buy them from us or from Brazil and Brazilian beans are cheaper and adequately supplied right now is the downturn going to continue when it comes to the box beef well, we have started to stabilize box beef prices here the last few days, and hopefully we'll be able to continue that. Uh, the Packers have indicated this week that they have intentions of slowing the chain some as we go forward to try to tighten up those supplies a little bit to help their packer margins. Their packer margins have been hurting of late. Um, they've had several years of very good margins, so I don't see too much sympathy for them at this point. Um, but uh, they are going to be tightening things up, it looks like, and, and that's probably that provided a little bit of support for the board today 
as we traded, the additional support came in the feeder cattle market with the cheaper feed prices. Is there any, on the foreseeable future, weight concerns for these cattle as the, the heat wave continues through the Midwest? Well, that's obviously a problem with performance, and where the major feedlot district areas are where we're seeing the greatest amount of heat right now. So uh, it just really hurts cattle performance, being able to maintain weights, and, and that's going to be a concern. And just like excess cold, this is another way that uh, we remove poundage from the system. And finally, for these hogs, I mean, they've kind of been in their own world. I uh, saw some green on the screen initially on this market, but uh, ended up to the lower. So this is a market still trying to balance out to the effects of Prop 12, and uh, we saw the belly primal going from around $70 to, to almost triple that level in a matter of weeks uh, as uh, California retailers are grabbing supplies. We did see a big drop in the product price yesterday, and I think that is responsible for today's weakness. All right. Great stuff today, Arlen. Best way for folks to get a hold of you? Donix.com or over on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.